Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Praise the Gun Gun. Written by Scottson. The noise wouldn't stop. In the holly sheet of the volcano's base, a man in white seal suit tromped alongside the magma river. The claxton of the heat warning continued to blare inside his helmet, always accompanied by an annoying yellow light. Jack ignored them, pressing onwards up the slope of the volcano. The warnings were just to get his attention. Like the saying went, Yellow, you're mellow. Red, you're dead. The world of surveying was a strange one, charting the buildings of a ruined Ecumenopolis one month, in a jungle the next, and now a lava world eternally tormented by its own molten core. The sky was poisoned and angry, the horizon jagged and black. Every step he took, he felt like he was daring God to kill him, doubly so with the heavy surveying pack on his back. He looked at his HUD. The source of the signal was close now. Obviously artificial, some kind of hollowed-out cavity dug into a volcano, climbing the ever-steeper hill. He saw it. A thick door. Crap. Well, that was what the pack was for. With a grunt, he hefted the equipment off his shoulders and reached inside the pack, his gloved fingers spinning around in the contents for the desired tool. Flash shelter. Nope. Emergency beacon. Uh-uh. Gun. Nah, the day wasn't going that badly. He fingers wrapped around the long cylinder, and he pulled it out. A tank connected to a long tube ending in a handled nozzle. His custom cutter. He'd broken into tombs of traders and tyrants. The door in front of him wouldn't stand a chance. But as he approached the door, it rather anticlimactically slid open by itself. Inviting him inside, he peered into the darkness, but the room seemed to simply be kind of an airlock, hiding the rest of the discovery from him. With a shrug, he put his back back on and walked forward onto the opening. The door slid closed behind him, and white lights filled the room. A low hiss followed, and with a shocked double-take, the surveyor saw the temperature readout on his HUD drop nearly instantly, coming into level survivable by a human within seconds. His suit told him that there was breathable air now as well, but he didn't fully trust the area not to vaporize his head as soon as he took off his helmet. The heavy door in front of him opened into a large room. He took a few hesitant steps forward into the darkness until it too was joined by lights. Nowhere near as many as the airlock. The lights formed a path at the center of the room, and there lay a treasure within, bathed in the soft blue lights underneath. A giant gun. No, not a gun. The shape of a gun, the profile of a rifle, mangled together from actual guns, slowly rotating above the floor. Gun stacked against each other, and in some even apparently melded together. Guns from all across the galaxy 
ballistic guns, plasma guns, MAGs, lasers, ferros, hydros, and what he was almost sure of was a flintlock pistol on the stock. The sculpture serenely rotated in place for a few minutes. When it didn't shoot him out of existence, he crept forward. A small pedestal rose from the floor and its dark surface became etched with the same blue light under the gun, spanning out in alien script. The door behind him slammed shut. He spun around to see the seal itself behind him five more heavy doors, more than even his custom cutter could handle. He turned back to this pedestal. Frick! His HUD translated the alien script as best it could from the database. It showed the script was one that he recognized, the script of the VIOV. The comedians. Frack! The message on the flat surface of the pedestal was simple enough. Press here. It almost implied there some rude things about his mother. He pressed his palm down, and almost immediately the sculpture began to speak, a booming voice that lights accentuated by dimming and brightening with every articulation. Mortal, the sculpture declared. The gun god detects that you have brought tribute. Jack blinked. What? The sculpture moved, pointing to the barrel right of his hand. Do not question the gun gun. Now bring forth the tribute. What tribute? The gun gun detects one of its many children in your pack. Bring it to me. Jack considered the sculpture's words for a moment, and his jaw went slack. You mean the gun I have? The gun's barrel bobbed up and down a few times, as if nodding. With a sigh, Jack brought his pack down, retrieving his pistol from inside. A small plasma sidearm meant to work anywhere rather than a killing anything. The gun flew out of Jack's hands, attached itself to the sculpture. As if by magic, the pistol slid along the sculpture's surface, fitting itself perfectly as part of the trigger. Human gun, it announced. This pleases the gun gun. I'll be gun gone. The gun gun pointed itself at Jack and fired, and this world faded to white. He woke up, face down, on a slope of the volcano, with a groan. He rose to his feet, and discovered he'd been transported outside the front door of the entrance, which was now firmly sealed shut. He dusted himself off and glared at the metal barrier in front of him. With a grunt, he marked his location on the site and tromped back towards the direction of his ATV. Comedians, he spat. Glad they're extinct. End of story. Story number two. It is known. Written by fools like me. You can't hide from them once they have seen you. You won't see them coming until your senses alert you that you're being targeted. You can't put planets, stars, or dust clouds between you, but their senses will detect you. No cloaking device has been built that they can't foil. No camouflage, no asteroid field can protect you. They will find you. It is known. You can't run from them once they have found you. Their mysterious propulsion methods easily outpace our fastest ships. You can burn your fusion engines at 200%. You can use the gravity of planets and stars to slingshot yourself away from the fractions of the speed of light. But they are still faster. They will always take a direct path to you and land on any moon or planet to follow you. They will catch you. It is known. 
You can't hurt them once they have caught you. Their shields can absorb an endless barrage of laser fire. Their point defense can destroy innumerable missiles and kinetic weapons. Their armor, should we ever manage to reach it, will likely be impenetrable. You can't stop them. It is known. We know not whether these ships are piloted by sentience or machine. It matters not. They can't be reasoned with. You can't bargain with them. They will inexorably fulfill their purpose. On every ship that they've caught, they laser etch the message into the hull. Then, just as quickly as they arrive, they leave. They disappear without a trace into the black of space. You cannot find them. It is known. We know not what the message says. The odd lines and the symbols are incomprehensible to all extent and extinct languages. Surely it is a warning. For who would go to such lengths to spread anything else? We know not what it means, but we know that it looks like this. This vehicle contains chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects and other reproductive harm. End of story. Story number three. The strangest request written by Zero Cease. One of the slaves is making a request. They're slaves. Why would we give a damn about their requests? He refuses to work, and it's irritating the guards and the other slaves because he won't stop shouting about it. Okay, why are you telling me this? He's just a slave. If he isn't working, then dispose of him. I came to you because his request is unusual. Unusual? Elaborate. He's viciously insisting on receiving an unusual beverage and claims that if he can't have it, he'd rather be executed. A beverage. First off, why do we care? He's only a slave. We can replace him. He was expensive. He's moderately strong and has some stamina and injury recovery ability than most of our other slaves. Fair enough. What is the strange beverage that he's requesting? Our analysis of his language suggests some grotesque brew of animal remains and hot water. We don't know why he desires such a beverage. It doesn't appear to be a part of his normal diet. So, um, how difficult would such a drink be to obtain? Is it worth the endeavor? It appears that it wouldn't be too difficult to synthesize, but we found nothing in the order of a recipe for it in the galactic databases. I have a prospective recipe here. Alright, um, let me see it. What do you think? He wants a mammalian liver. Can his kind digest that? Can any kind digest that? We have no idea, but he insists upon it. Then, I apologize for this, but can you synthesize it and provide it to him? I can do it. I will report back after providing it to him. He didn't like it. He didn't. What was his response to our meeting his demand? He took the cup from the jailer, smelled at once, and then propelled it back at the jailer's eyes. That's truly a shame. I feel sorry for our loss as such an efficient slave. But I suppose if we can't provide him the appropriate liberty, we'll have to give him death. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. 
And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.